Welcome to the Behold Podcast. I'm Beth Whitney, and today, me and my co-host, Craig Hardinger, we are going to talk about celebrity Christians, and it's not going to be a super fun episode. We're going to talk through some hard things, but we're also going to answer a listener question, and of course, we are going to end with Beholding Jesus. So go ahead and subscribe to our podcast while you are listening, and send any questions you have at the end of this episode to behold at arcadechurch.com. We'd love to hear from you. And now, episode six. Hey, Craig. How you doing, Beth? Good. I love summer. How about you? Oh, big fan. Although, yeah. I... I like the heat, and mm-hmm. it has not mm-hmm. nearly been hot enough. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't have to work outside in it. Yes. And so I can look through my office window in my air-conditioned mm-hmm. office and enjoy the heat and the mm-hmm. sunshine. But I, I'm i not going to lie. I do like it. I like hot weather. Yep. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you've had a little bit of an opposite experience lately. Not quite hot, uh, you oh had some, yes, some cryotherapy. Yes, tell us a little bit about that. I, uh, as you know, and hopefully our listeners don't get bored with this. I've got joint pain, knee pain, mm-hmm. elbow pain, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Just that's part of getting old. Is you live, learn to live with pain. I'm, but I'm tired of it. That's what I hear. And a friend of ours, yes, a friend of Arcade, has a cryo chamber. Thank you, Shelby. Uh, cryo chamber, mm-hmm. and he sells them as a business kind of thing, maintains yep. them, that kind of stuff. And so he said, yeah, come on over, come on over and come over and, and, and check it out. So I did. Yeah? I don't want to talk about it. Would you ever do it again? I think I will only because I, I think it's one of those things where it takes more than one treatment okay. to do any good. Okay. And, and so I'm going to, if it's okay with our friend, mm-hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to do it again. But you said how cold was it? 165 below zero. That I get wimpy when it's like 38 degrees outside. Yeah. So you're so the idea is you you strip down. Yeah. And you put on uh, slippers that okay. covers your Achilles heel, mm-hmm. and then you put um, you know earphones or or earmuffs mm-hmm. over your ears to protect your ears. Then you have a face mask to guard the tip of your nose. Okay. And then gloves. Okay. And you get into this, it's it's about the size and a half of a phone booth. And Which you, for our younger listeners. I know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> Sorry. I just that just popped into my head. Like, do people even know? Do 20-year-olds know what a phone booth is? Yeah. After this, after this episode, mom, dad. Just Google what, it. What's a phone booth? Google phone booth. <laughs> um, so you get in this 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 chamber. And I mean, you get in there, it is already blistering cold. So hmm. you stand there and you don't move. I mean, you can move your arms around, that kind of stuff to get the circulation going. Okay. But you're supposed to be in there a maximum of three three minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Otherwise, obviously you're going to... Start freezing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I lasted three minutes. Okay. A little less than three minutes. I couldn't, man, I just, I'm done. I'm done. Hmm. And... Uh, and so I'm going to give it another shot here probably okay. next few days to see if I can make it the Well, duration. yeah, I, I've heard professional athletes, like this is yeah. something for recovery yeah. or or injury healing, which is... Yeah, Steph Curry, crazy. he has one. He has a crowd chamber in his home. Um, I would probably put one in. I just don't have $115,000 to just throw away like that, hmm. you know. 
Uh, yeah. So I can write the check. I just can't cover you it. You could. It might bounce. Yeah. Oh, yes. Do people Big know time. what checks are anymore? <laughs> you are sounding sorry, like an old I'm woman. I'm sorry. I know. Oh, I know, my goodness. Okay. So that was a new experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, I've tried like doing, uh, like switching the shower to cold. Yeah. And having it on your head, you know, because that's supposed to help. There's... You know, mm-hmm. Your nervous system or whatever, but I just I hate it. No, yeah. So I don't know if I could handle a uh, cryotherapy, but yeah, it's. I mean, I know you. Gotta you. Try it. I right? know you, yes. and you would be able to if someone talked trash to you before that. Darn right. Yeah. Say, so, hey, Beth, mm. if you, if you want to wimp out and not do that, that's fine. That's no problem. And that's one of the reasons why I, I want to like, do it again. Three minutes thirty. I could go three minutes. 40. Thirty-one. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. So. I do have a bit of a competitive problem. Um, anyway, you know, today we're going to talk about something that's kind of a hot topic mm-hmm. because of a couple, um, I think they're calling them docu-series yeah. that are out on um, Netflix or Amazon Prime. So the two recent ones that we're going to be talking about, and, and then it'll give us a launch pad, there have been some um, documentaries on Hillsong Church. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Basic Youth Institutes of Bill Gothard and that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Christian celebrities or celebrity Christians yeah. or uh, however we want to phrase that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about kind of why. Why are we talking about this? What's the purpose? Well, I think the number one reason is we live in a celebrity-driven culture mm-hmm. is celebrities sell everything to us. I will buy certain something mm-hmm. if a celebrity does that. And we that has bled over into the Christian community, is yeah. that we now have Christian celebrities that are uh, above us, and, and they we look to them, and they they endorse things. They we, People flock to be mm-hmm. around them, mm-hmm. to be near them. And I'm not prepared to say it's sinful. Right. But, but I think that what we have found, especially the last, what, three or four years, mm-hmm. is the body count mounting of these celebrity pastors, I'm thinking primarily of pastors, sure, right. that have fallen because of infidelity. Mm-hmm. They've fallen, like, like Ravi Zacharias. Um, they've fallen because of abuse and leadership, mm-hmm. like James McDonald, Mark Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Um, although Mark Driscoll, is, he's still pastoring uh, down in Arizona. Um, they've fallen because of, uh, I think of Carl Lentz, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Houston out of Hillsong, right. which, which that one document series was about, mm-hmm. Carl Lentz out of New York. And so we've got these, we, we have these celebrities that are fallen. I, I think, I'm, I feel like I'm missing some, uh, but, um, oh, Paula White, if we're looking for right. a, a female yeah. or, or, you know, just these people that people will absolutely flock to. And rest on every word that they say. Mm-hmm. Um, people like that are falling by the wayside. Right. And it's almost as if if you gain any form of Christian celebrity, it is the it's the kiss of death yeah. for your career. Simply because, and I think, and you and I have talked mm-hmm, about this mm-hmm. over the years in several conversations. We were not wired to have that kind of glory. Right. Humanity is not wired to be the recipient of accolades or glory, and we just don't know what to do with it, or how to handle it, or how know. to process yeah. it, or yeah, like you, we're not equipped for it. No, right? no, we're not. The glory doesn't belong to us. No, it does not. And it, in fact, when I think about 
the preachers and teachers that I have admired over the years, I would not call them celebrities. I'd call them heroes. Right. A celebrity is someone that you want to get near, just to be just to be near them, to be in their shadow, to be right. healed by them kind of right. thing. A hero is someone you want to emulate. I want to be like that mm-hmm. person. Um, you and I both have admired over the years Tim Keller. Yes. And this is a man that did not seek celebrity. Mm-hmm. He just became that. Right. And I think that that's the uniqueness of the difference between heroes of the faith and celebrities in the faith is... It seems many times that celebrities, they are seeking their own brand. They're seeking to portray themselves or to, to put themselves out there. Uh, that's, I, in my opinion, that's definitely a case of the Carl Lentzes, mm-hmm. the Brian Houstons, the Ravi Zacharias, the James McDonald, right. as I am going to market myself. I am the commodity. Right. They, the platform becomes yeah. or the brand becomes their name yep. or... Uh... Their face, yeah. their personality, yeah. um, it it becomes not about Jesus mm-hmm. or the Word, but about the person. Yeah. Yeah. Which I hope, if you're listening and you are a follower of Jesus, that makes you cringe a little because yeah. it. I think it should. Yeah. Like as Christians, if we are not walking in the flesh and we're walking in the Spirit, we don't want the glory. Right. We don't. I mean, in our flesh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Like. Who doesn't want some accolades or attention oh, yeah. or whatever? But which I think is is one of the reasons why I need to be careful about this because I can sit here on my high horse mm-hmm. and criticize mm-hmm. the Carl Lentz of the Brian Houston's because of how they dealt with fame. I'm not sure I would I wouldn't deal the same way with it if I had it. Right. I've just never been tempted to be a celebrity, right. and. Would I respond the same way if all of these people just, oh, they just want to be around me and mm-hmm. they just wanted to give me praise? Who doesn't want that? And so it's easy for me to sit on my elevated throne sure. <laughs> and look down upon these people with criticism because I'm never going to be tempted that way. I'm never going to be a celebrity. And and so I, I could probably approach this with a sense of false humility yeah. because I don't know if I don't know if I wouldn't respond the same way. Right, because we're not in their shoes, and we probably, even hopefully, never Mm -hmm. would be. Right. And so it's easy to... Like, okay, I don't know if you were like this, but before I became a parent, I had a lot of never and always. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I will never do that when I'm a mom. I will always do that, and then you realize how arrogant and foolish you are when you have kids. I have no idea what you're talking and, about. Um, so I think that's a similar thing. Like yeah. when you you haven't walked a mile in someone's shoes, you have no idea how you're going to mm-hmm. potentially handle it. Yeah. Um, something else that uh, we recognize with these celebrities, with these churches and maybe even cults on sometimes right. is there's it's transactional. How do you, what do you mean by that? Okay, so... Um, Prosperity gospel. I know that word gets thrown around a lot. And you might um, think of prosperity gospel and think of like the name it and claim it, health and wealth. If you believe, if you pray, if you tithe, then you will get, Mm -hmm. which can be Mm -hmm. one side of the prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. But also anytime there's a formula, you're going to get prosperity gospel. If you... you know, Think about Bill Gothard and the shiny hapwood people, the Duggars, that that side of things. Why don't you, uh, parentheses, okay. why don't you kind of let our listeners know what you mean by shiny happy. It, it, sure, we, okay. Debbie and I just watched it the okay. other night and it was painful. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. Yeah. painful to watch only because 
I pastored people mm-hmm. in that movement yep. over the years. Yeah. So why don't you just briefly describe sure. what you're talking about. But I want you to keep with the thought of transactional, okay. but in case folks don't know about shiny, happy people. Sure. So, uh, you know, unless you don't have cable or, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to be rude, so I won't say live under a rock, but like, you know, there's- But you just But did. maybe <laughs> you've never heard of like the 19 kids and counting series that was on the Learning Channel and they were on- you know, Good Morning America, and they had book deals and everything. Um, so that family, the Duggars, Jim Bob and his wife, I can't think of her name right now, um, they had 19 children. I think they might have even had 20 children. And it was because they believed in this um, basic youth institutes. It has another... Bill Gothard's the leader of this, mm-hmm, right. this form of belief that if you you know, have as many children as you can mm-hmm. physically, God will bless. That's a sign of God's blessing. Right. And then if the you... quiverful kind the of The quiverful, thing. right. Yeah. If you raise the children with this very specific curriculum, discipline pattern, um, guideline, formula, mm-hmm. then you will see the if-then transaction, mm-hmm. right. right? It's like saying... If you even like, uh, there's some people who say purity culture has some prosperity gospel. If you save yourself for marriage, then you will have a wonderful marriage, right? right? So anytime there's an if then, and there's a formula, it's a transaction, yeah. And that's not the gospel. That is a warped million miles from it, right? It's yeah. warped. It's skewed. It's. Uh, I remember someone saying, imagine taking Jesus' blood and adding goat's blood to it mm-hmm. and thinking you're doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what these if-then, because mm-hmm. Jesus paid it all. Like Jesus did it all. You don't need anything but Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, and and these, these forms of belief of, you know, if-then denies the gospel. Yeah. Which I know and, is a strong statement, but the, I believe that. Yeah, and, and I think your point too is that you know because in our in our ilk mm-hmm. we talk about the prosperity gospel being the charismatic side and it's of that. It's them. It's them. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the other side of the same coin mm-hmm. and the basic youth and Bill Gothard principles, right. it's 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 us. Right. And it's just as transactional as the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, if you obey you get more happiness in this right. world, more money in this mm-hmm. world, more comfort in this world. On the Bill Gothard side, if you obey and have a boatload of kids, morality in our country will come back mm-hmm. and you will be blessed. Right. And and both sides of that coin, it's just a big fat lie. Right. They, they do not boast prosperity. They do not produce prosperity mm-hmm. except for the celebrities. Right. That's... Right. That's Somehow it. they get rich, they get famous, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they get the private jets... They get the Maserati. Wait, are, they... did you say private jet's wrong? No. I guess I, guess I, have, to, I have to sell mine. <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> you know, I have to sell mine, my private jet. Your Cartier jet. watch. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, that was part of the Hillsong documentary is like a bookkeeper was going through the books and it's like, why are we buying people Cartier, like $6,500 watches for mm. passer? And I'm going, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's just, it's just, you know. The prosperity falls to yeah. the celebrity. And and to the issue, we can say, shame on these celebrities, but there's a reason why they're celebrities is because they have followers. Mm-hmm. 
we get gaga yep. for famous people. We do. And, you know, like with in the Hillsong documentary that we saw, I think there's two out there. Two, there are two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's from a, a more of a non-Christian perspective, mm-hmm. which is very sad. Right. And the other one is from a Christian perspective, which is even sadder. Right. Uh, but what's amazing to me is you're, you're talking about New York City, the most liberal, the most godless city mm-hmm. perhaps on the planet, and there are people six wide waiting to go to church. On multiple times a, yeah. a weekend. I, I mean, I've never... <laughs> I've never experienced that before. I don't think that... I mean, it's hard enough to get people to get in there at 10 a.m. after their coffee cart experience. Right, right. And so it's... But these people are waiting in line to go to church, and that's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And so we can say, oh, yeah, shame on Carl Lentz for all that, and shame on Brian Houston or whomever. But the reality is these people become celebrities because we are gaga for celebrity. Mm-hmm. We just... And I don't know what it is, what causes that, hmm. but we've got to be very, very careful about it. Well, even so, we've talked about kind of these two extremes of Hillsong and Bill Gothard, but then if we go more towards uh, our people, as we like to say, mm-hmm. you could look at Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. and he even had some flavor of if then, yeah, right? Like yeah. he he was uh, very adamant about. This is what a biblical man, this mm-hmm. is how a man, you know, and if you do this, then you will get. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, a lot of what Mark was doing, I think, and, and we lived up in the Northwest when right. he was making a name for himself at Mars Hill. And so we were very well aware of of the phenomena. And I, it, at that point, I admired his yep. teaching yep. and all that kind of stuff. But I look at what's going on now with what he's talking about now, and it's just, it's more of a hip contemporary version of Bill Gothard. Yeah. Is, Repackaged. Yeah, you follow this, and God will do this. And okay, time out. Kay. How arrogant it is to think that we can control what God does. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I get to be the puppet master of God based on my. I can get what I ultimately really want. Uh-huh. I don't want God. Right. I just want Him to do what I really want. Yeah. And I want Him. I want Him to give me a, a happy marriage, and so I will use Him to get a happy marriage. Right. I want obedient and, kids, yeah. so I will use him to get obedient kids. I want... And that's what I love about the late Tim Keller, who just, in fact, that's one of the reasons why we're having this yep. conversation is really to honor him, even yep. though we haven't even talked about right. him that much. But I love what he said one time. He says, religious people, religious people find religion useful. Ooh. Gospel people find, see, yeah, gos- gospel people find the gospel beautiful. Hmm. And... Oh yeah, that's that's really what we want to have at Arcade Church. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's what the our listeners want. Mm-hmm. Whatever church they hail from, is that we want to find the gospel beautiful, which is one of the reasons why we call it the Behold Podcast. Right. Is that we want to end with the beauty of the gospel. Yep. And but when celebrityism, I don't know, is that a word? It is now. It is now. When it becomes the thing then all of a sudden the gospel becomes secondary. It is no longer primary, but rather getting near that man or woman mm-hmm. that is so incredible, incredibly gifted. Which they are. Which We're not they denying are, that. And maybe easy on the peepers to look at. And all of a sudden, uh, we are enamored with things mm-hmm. that we should not be enamored with. Yeah. And that can, be, that can be dangerous. Well, and do you know, I'm sure you noticed this, you watch the Hillsong documentary, you watch mm-hmm. the, the Duggar family documentary, how many times did you hear the word Jesus? 
None. I don't none. Right. None, it's yeah. it's not about Jesus. On in one, it was about you know Hillsong, 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 mm-hmm. Brian Houston, Carl mm-hmm. and the other one, it was authority and. It really both both of those documentaries, and listeners, we we know we're talking about these documentaries, and so we encourage you if you've got eight hours to kill to watch <laughs> it. But if you don't, don't worry about it. But both of them basically are dealing with the same mm-hmm. essence: yeah. empire building. Yeah, is a Hillsong. It was about the mission of building Hillsong. Yep. And the way you do that is you you get people saved, mm-hmm. and you you crank them in. You got really great music, and it's a wonderful, it's beautiful yeah. music. Yeah. And with the Gothard Institutes and the Duggars, which I wasn't that familiar with um, until the, the the episode, I okay. knew of them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. We'd never watched the program. It's about empire building. Yeah. You, only you do it with a quiver full of children. Is you build an empire by doing that. And it goes to the documentary goes into that there was a strategy yeah. to build the empire of America to reawaken our Christian morals through building up all of these children who will become Christians and politicians and presidents and senators and right. all that. And I'm thinking, oh, it's uh, it's about the same thing is building empire. It's not about the gospel. No. It's about the empire. Yeah. You know, and that and that's difficult. So we talked a little bit about, you know, we don't know how we would react if we were celebrities. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm not. I don't want someone hiding in the bushes taking my picture. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen myself in in the Target. Chad said he was sorry about that. <laughs> have you ever... Have oh, you ever... Chad, Chad just woke up. <laughs> have you ever seen yourself in like, you know, you do self-checkout and you look up and there's your face and you're like, ugh, wow, <laughs> thought I brushed my hair. I, anyway. Um, that's what I feel like being a celebrity be like someone's always catching you at like the worst angle or in your sweats. You had to, you had to run to the store anyway. Whatever. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a celebrity. Um, but then something else we talked about was um, a lot of this is the idea of godliness or the pursuit of godliness mm-hmm. without the gospel. Hmm. So if you're reading a book or you're following you know an influencer on Instagram or you know you're on a YouTube channel and you hear about pursuing character, pursuing godliness, or becoming a good person, or or any of those types of things, and the gospel's not there, mm-hmm. run. Yeah. Get away. That is yeah. that is not what Preach. the word of God is about. That's not the gospel. No. So run, run from that. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have a list of kind of what a celebrity is versus what maybe a humble leader mm-hmm. is. So mm-hmm. let's talk through that list. We talked a little bit about celebrity versus hero celebrities, right. yeah. someone you want to be near and mm-hmm. a hero, someone you want to emulate, yeah. right? Um, so who, I could, who are some heroes for mm, you? Uh, Corrie ten Boom. Yeah. Um, I, I love, I read all her book, any book. Oh, she has a different book I didn't know about. I'll mm-hmm. you know, buy it on Amazon. Um, gosh. And then there's people like my first grade teacher growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of the gentlest, kindest women I've ever known. I mean, and you know, she and her husband lived with my grandma for a few months, and so there was some familial stuff. And then mm-hmm. when my baby brother was born, um, my dad would drop me off at school, and she fixed my hair for like a week while my my mom was recovering. So there's like this tenderness between us, and so she's a hero to me. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, 
she's a real person that I know. Yeah. And yeah. and Corey Ten Boom's not. I I never knew her or met her. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. love to, but so those are people who are heroes to yeah. me. What about you? Yeah. Oh uh, well, David Martin Lloyd Jones, mm-hmm. uh, who preached in the previous century, uh, he passed away in 1980. He was a, a pastor for 40 years in London. I got a chance to stand in his pulpit. That's so cool. I mean, I just it was amazing. It was just so cool. Um, Dick Lucas, another Ang- he's an Anglican pastor who's still alive, I believe. Um, I also greatly admired Tim Keller. I mean, he this is a guy that didn't go into ministry to be famous. He went to New York to to do something that nobody else was doing. Well, and I bet he didn't go to North thinking, New York thinking, I know what's going to happen. No. He, he probably was like, oh, Lord, I hope my church doesn't... No. In fact, he has said, I've, I've heard several interviews, and, and I've, I've met him and, and uh, been in the same room with him, and, and which is really great, which is probably a celebrity yeah. issue. But, um, you know, he said, I never... He's, people would ask him that you've got this great gift of evangelism, Tim. And he says, I never knew I had the gift of evangelism, going back to those mm. ascension gifts, yeah. until I came to New York. Wow. And then all of a sudden, I was just being able to talk to people and reason with people about the gospel in ways that I didn't know, and, and they would come to Christ, because hmm. I, I never knew that. And he, he was doing ministry at Redeemer for probably 20 years before he even wrote a book. Right. And um, and I admire that. Not he, twenty he, minutes. <laughs> yeah, he he was there to be a pastor. Yeah, and not to be an author. Mm-hmm. But then he got a following and started writing books. And he's one of the few people that can talk well and write well at the same time. Um, and so I've admired that. Excuse me. Our next one is self glory versus self sacrifice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. while that might seem self evident, what <coughs> we saw what you yeah. just did there. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, so how would you define self-glory, and then how would you define self-sacrifice? Somewhere along the way, I think that, well, for example, like the Hillsong Mm -hmm. episode when they were interviewing Carl Lentz, and he's talking about when he and his wife first went to New York City to to plant Hillsong. They had nothing, and so they would go out at all hours of the evening Mm -hmm. with wrapped Bibles and just hand out Bibles. And I admire that. I yep. think I, I'm not sure I'd have the guts to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's what they did is they would just go out there. And that's a self-sacrificial thing because yep. you never know what's going to happen. And they would go out early in the morning when New York is alive with right. all kinds of weird stuff yep. going on. <laughs> that's when they would go out and do that. And I admire that. But somewhere along the way, that became self-glory mm-hmm. and self-sacrifice was sacrificed. Yeah. And I think that's what happens so often is that is that when a celebrity becomes a celebrity is they stop sacrificing and everybody else sacrifices for them. Yeah. Ugh. And and I think that's what happened with Hillsong, even with Brian Houston, which whom I don't know at all, um, is they started with a vision. They started with a mission, and that was to build a church of believers to reach out for people that no one's reaching, and they began to do that. And they sacrifice time, they sacrifice money, they sacrifice comfort, and somewhere along the way, they became famous, they gained momentum, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, everybody else is sacrificing so they can buy a $6,500 watch. Can you imagine spending, I mean, like I come to work and I think about my paycheck is because people have sacrificially given. Yes. Yeah. And that's serious to yeah. me, right? It's very sobering and, then, and humbling. And then you think about these people who 
think it's perfectly fine to spend maybe the widow's last two pennies yeah. on yeah. on some bling. Yeah. It's just disgusting yeah. to me. But again, like you said, I don't know what I would do yeah. if I was afforded or <laughs> yeah, cursed I, with celebrity. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would like to think that mm-hmm. we would humbly mm-hmm. reject... Um, Anything I yeah. think of John Piper, he does not he does not receive any of his royalties on his books. Mm-hmm. They all go to some kind of charitable foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's not hurting financially, right? But I'm guessing he doesn't drive a Mercedes, right? And uh, I would go to Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis a couple of times, and he lived within walking distance of the church, mm-hmm. and it was not a it was not a a an affluent area of Minneapolis mm-hmm. that he lived. Mm-hmm. And so this is a person that chose to live in the means that the church allowed, and right. any any royalties that he receives goes to charity, missions, mm-hmm. all that stuff, yeah. which he could take in and, oh, totally. be, and live very comfortably. And I don't think anyone... I mean, he's writing the books, so yeah. whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, the next one is achieving versus reaching. Yeah. And it goes back to what what Lenz and his wife would do is they went, they went to reach people mm-hmm. to, in New York. And all of a sudden, they were reaching the people, and now they began to achieve. They began to achieve and accumulate wealth and mm-hmm. fame and all all of the perks, the legitimate perks that go with that fame and that's comfort. You know, Justin Bieber became his best right. friend, and Chris Pratt was one of his followers. And and uh, who's the the famous basketball player? Um, t- tall seven. Oh, oh, the tall, tall you know, the tall, you, the bas- tall basketball. I know who you're talking about. He baptized him in like a bathtub or something. Yeah, didn't something he? like that. Yeah, I can't think. And of it, I mean, he's excellent player. So but. I'm thinking. So reaching is like walking across the street, mm-hmm. taking a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus' name, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. someone. Achieving is like clinging onto a shooting star and hoping your yeah, get your the, fame uh, is rising. Yeah, achieve that book deal, achieve that deta- mm-hmm. that TV deal, achieve that next conference, achieve mm-hmm. this or achieve that. And once again, that's why we've got to be careful about yeah. that. I mean, you and I will probably never be tempted with that kind of celebrity. Right. And it's, it's probably for the best. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> because I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. No. Yeah. Okay, and then we have exposure versus faithfulness. So, mm-hmm. so exposure is kind of about the branding, the brand, and yeah. faithfulness is about the gospel. And it's interesting you put this here. So earlier today, I was talking to one of my daughters, and I told her what we were recording about. And she's like, well, are you doing any positive stories? And I said, yeah, Tim Keller. And she's like, I don't even know who that is. And I'm like, mm. well, of course you don't. And mm-hmm. she lived in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, she knows who Carl Lentz is, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But the fact that it was like... Tim Keller's not a celebrity. No. It was about faithfulness. Mm-mm. It was about the gospel to him. Yeah. When you think of the branding with Tim Keller or even John MacArthur, I know you're not a huge fan of John MacArthur's. Uh, Are we but allowed John, to say that? John Piper. And that's fine. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, he, he's not everybody's cup of tea, that's for sure. Um, you think of gospel. Mm-hmm. You, you don't think of them as a person, of, of their face on the mug or the T-shirt. Right. And... But when you think of Mark Driscoll, when you think of Ravi Zacharias, you think of James McDonald, you think of Carl Lentz, and it, and I, I want us to be careful because I know we, you and I don't think this way, but these are not the villains in the faith. Right. Um, these are just people that have lived out loud in front of everybody, and mm-hmm. they have fallen yeah. out loud in front of everybody. 
And there, and you know as well as I, there are all kinds of leaders and pastors and preachers and teachers that are not celebrity status, but they have suffered the same things yeah. uh, in their smaller context. Well, I was telling you um, when I was a child, the yeah. small church here in town, mm-hmm. our pastor had a relationship with a young mom in our congregation. Yeah. And like I, I was pretty young, so my parents protected me a lot from it. But like we changed, we went to a different. It, this is our church home, you know. When you have a yeah. small church, these are your people. Yeah. And it, it was it kind of rocked our world. Yeah. It was it was pretty devastating, and there was no fame involved. Mm-hmm. This had nothing to do with celebrity. It you know it was like a hundred fifty person church. Yeah. But. So just because we know these people's names, and mm-hmm. and we're talking a lot about men too, but we know that there are women who who lead and then also fall. Maybe maybe not in the same way the men have. But right. Yeah. There are there are women leaders who we would encourage you not to follow. Also. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And that's that is so true. And and you know that's why the exposure versus faithfulness is. You know, I, I think of Mark Driscoll uh, when he was up in up in Seattle area. You know, he wrote a book, I think it was Real Marriage, mm-hmm. and so that he can get on the New York Times bestseller yes. list, he he purchased yes. himself like 100,000 copies yeah. and then resold those just so he could show that he's on the New York Times yeah. bestseller. And that's just, come on. I mean, that that is putting myself out there, um, exposing myself to the people, and not that's not for the purpose of faithfulness, that's no. for the purpose of attention. Mm-hmm. And once again, I know we're doing this caveat a lot, but we've got to be careful of that, mm-hmm. even in the smaller context of Arcade Church, mm-hmm. is that we don't do anything for self-exposure. Right. We do, we, everything we do is for the purpose of faithfulness to the gospel, yep. period. And unfortunately, um, we've got enough people around us that hold us in check with that, for which I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. So then the next one is authority versus servanthood. And authority is kind of a top-down. Think mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. someone, you know, at the CEO yeah. wagging his finger at you, and mm-hmm. then servanthood from the bottom up. So bottom let's talk up. about that a little bit. Yeah, you look you look at all of these these leaders that have fallen for whatever reason, it's it's regardless of the reason. When you look at these leaders who have fallen, uh, they have fallen simply because they have isolated themselves at the top mm-hmm. and very few people can get to them. Very right. few very few people can confront them, if any, including their spouses. Because mm-hmm. they they are at the top. And that I'm guessing that gets in your head. I don't know. Right. I've never been at that top before, sure. but I'm guessing that can get in your head. And so all of a sudden you are just leading downward mm-hmm. on the people that follow you to make sure that the brand is secure, that the mission is out there, that you're wanted to do the things because you're at the top. Right. Well, hold on. So yeah. uh, you and I both listened to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Right. Um, and a point that stuck out to me, especially, so if people don't know, I was your assistant for six years. Mm-hmm. And... On the podcast, there's a woman who had been Mark Driscoll's assistant, and mm-hmm. she was fired. And the reason she was fired was because she saw some things in Mark that she was like, these things are not oh, good, yeah, right? Yeah. And so she approached him privately. She called him on it, right? Or and she said something along the lines of, you know, I think maybe you should meet with someone older than you. And she got fired for it. Mm-hmm. And then I think about, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I've said some uncomfortable things to you because you let me, mm-hmm. right? You right. you want you want people to speak truth into your life even mm-hmm. if it hurts. Mm-hmm. And and I think as a staff, we are uncomfortably comfortable right. with that kind of constructive feedback where yeah. yeah, it might sting, it might hurt, but we know we love each other, but also if if anyone sees something in me that is anti-gospel or where I'm glorifying myself, I beg you to tell me, yeah, you know, yeah. that is in my flesh, that might be what I want, but in the spirit, I want all glory to be to Jesus. Yeah. I want everything to point to him. And I, I think that um, we work hard as a staff to do that. And I think, I think, I think you're right. I think that's probably a healthy way to deal with it rather than having a leader that is untouchable. And think about, think about how freeing that is, how liberating that is, is if, if, if what we do and how we live is all about Jesus, mm-hmm. then what happens to me, what happens to you, what happens to Shelby, mm-hmm. what happens to Chad is somewhat inconsequential right. because it's about Christ. Right. And I, I think that's what Paul's getting at in Philippians 1. Mm-hmm. He says, you know what? I'm in prison. I may not make it out. All right. I die. I get Jesus. Yep. That's uh, a win. Yep. I don't die. You get me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... And I think that there is there's something liberating about that. But mm-hmm. think about this: if if your Beth, if your ministry was just about you, and you getting your brand out there, think about how slavish your life is. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night because right. you're always thinking about ways that you have got to get yourself out there. And I can't, I, I can't, I can't imagine a life like no, that. No, it that just sounds. Awful. Oh yeah. No thanks. Hard yeah, pass as we like to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the last one, this one's kind of fun. The Lone Ranger versus the Justice League. Justice League. Now I'm not a comic book person, but I'm fully aware of who the Lone Ranger is. You don't know who the Justice League is? I think I know who the Shelby, Justice do you know who the Justice League, League is? Shelby. Sorry, I'm a millennial. <laughs> Chad? This podcast is over. I am. You I feel like a Lone Ranger over no, there, huh? The ju- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good one. No, the Justice League, you guys. Who's is in the, who is it? Wonder Woman, Superman. Okay, okay. Yeah. Batman. Oh, yeah. Aquaman. That's the Justice League. Okay, okay. I'm with you now. I'm with you. You know, you, you pray and you pray for people. And nothing, nothing ever happens. No, that's what I mean. Okay. The Lone I'm Ranger. With you now. I'm with I you. I mean, even even Tonto wasn't in the same league with Lone Ranger. Right. He was by himself. Right. But the Justice League is no one member of the Justice League has all of the power. Right. But they they band together. They use their strengths. They use their weaknesses to be able to defeat evil. Together we do more. Right. Okay. Which goes back to the Ascension gifts yep. of our previous episode. Is that's the intent? I'm I'm still shocked. I just didn't know that was their package name. Sorry, Avengers. You guys know the Avengers, right? Same principle. Forgive me for using the wrong metaphor. I don't, I don't watch super superhero movies. To me, like about halfway in, I'm like, oh, yes, the end, and then it goes on for like another hour and a half. They're just not. I'm. I know I'm like the odd one out because they make like nine billion dollars, but. I, my family goes to see the superhero movies without me. So, 
I don't, I don't even know who you are sometimes. <laughs> All right. We should have brought in a Hallmark movie. So anyway, the whole, yeah, yeah, right. The whole point here is that yes. These celebrities, they really are lone rangers. Yep. They are, they are, they, they are think they bu- have it all, can do it all, don't need anyone, because they have, Jesus. Because they have people who tell them that. Yeah. They have people who tell them that they're the bee's knees, that they are, they are the, the epicenter of all that's happening. And they begin to believe that. And all of a sudden, when they do fall, and they do, mm-hmm. they are all by themselves. Yeah. And um, with the Justice League, Getting to mm-hmm. the the ascension gifts yep. is I I can't be who God wants me to be without you being who God wants you to be right and and then you want to help the other person be who God yeah. wants right yeah. it's this reciprocal yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. awesome all right so we have a list of scripture that yeah. talks about mm-hmm. emulating I'm going to say heroes not celebrities yes. Yes. So, how do you want to do this? Well, I, I just, we just, I'm just rapid fire him if that's all right with you. Yep. Um, because the the knee jerk reaction, especially for those that have been burned by a celebrity mm-hmm. pastor, I know a lot of people in our in our tribe mm-hmm. that really are grieving still Ravi Zacharias, yeah. and I, I am to a certain degree, I am too, because I, I met him, I, I highly admire mm-hmm. him, and um, admired. He's he's gone now, but. I, I just we're we're still grieving over that, and right. so the knee jerk reaction is to I am never mm-hmm. going to follow anybody mm-hmm. ever again, mm-hmm. and that's just not the pattern of scripture. Right. The pattern of scripture, for example, Paul says in First Corinthians eleven, "Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ." A lot of celebrity pastors will say, "Be imitators of me." Period. Period. Yeah. But Paul's saying, I'm, I'm going after Jesus, mm-hmm. so come along with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and do that. Uh, Philippians 3, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. This is spoken, uh, this is written by a guy who's in prison, yeah. and he's saying, imitate me, yeah. <laughs> imitate yeah. me. Uh, Philippians 4, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 1, 6... And you became imitators of us and the Lord. Second Timothy three ten. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. Can we can we say that to people that we're leading? I want you to follow my teaching, my conduct, my aim of life, my faith, my patience. For us to be able to say that and mean it means that we have to be transparent. Yeah. And as you know, for me, I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. Transparency is not a thing that comes natural to right. me because I am so guarded right. with a lot of things. And shame on me for being that because that makes it almost impossible. If any if I have any faith in Jesus and I do, how do I how do people emulate that? Right. Without that. You have to display it somehow. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Second Timothy 3, 14, continue what you have learned and have uh, and have affirmed. But, Firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, knowing from who you learned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, in your context, Beth, think about think about the children that you are leading directly, mm-hmm. and you lead the youth department as mm-hmm. well. But the children you are leading directly is that someday we are going to say to them, "You need to continue in this belief mm-hmm. because you know Beth Whitney who mm-hmm. led you, 
or you know this Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. who led you. Mm-hmm. And all four of us in this room were church kids, yeah. uh, Chad, Shelby, you and me, and and we have men and women mm-hmm. that have built into the foundation of our faith yeah. because they lived it. Yep. They lived that life. And we, we forfeit that with celebrities. Yeah. No celebrity is going to ever call you up. No. Someone asked me, this is off script yeah. earlier, but someone asked me, hey, Craig, who's your favorite pastor? And they were thinking I would say Tim Keller right. or whomever. I, and, and I said, they're not my favorite pastors. Do you think Tim Keller's going to call me when I'm sick? Yeah. Do you think that that John Piper cares what I'm going through in my life? Right. I'm going to call Dan Bryant. Yep. I'm going to call Mark Hall. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call um, people who have pastored me in the past. You, uh, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brian, Chris, yep. Cole, uh, Tom. I'm going. I'm going. Those are my favorite right. pastors. Right. Because those are the people that will be at my door at 3 a.m. if I need them. Yes. Those are my favorite pastors. And so for these people that have these online pastors, they're not your pastors. No. They're, bi- they're wonderful communicators. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful Bible teachers. Mm-hmm. But they're not your pastors. No. They're not going to call you no. uh, when you're hurting. No. They're not going to bring a casserole when you need it. No. Um, the people They're with... not going to come sit in the emergency room with you when no. you have a family emergency, which you and Debbie have done for our yeah. family. And and people have done that for us right, as exactly. well. Yeah. And and so I know I'm getting kind of preachy, but preach. <laughs> 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 and then the last one, Hebrews thirteen seven. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the way of life. Imitate their faith. And there is there is ample room. There are godly men and women. But they're not celebrities. Right. They're godly men and women that you can be able to follow and emulate. And yeah, they'll let you down. Guess what? Because they're sinners. Yep. And you're gonna let them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And 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 so, but what do we do about sin? We repent mm-hmm. and we keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what we're trying to to encourage people is right. to move away from the celebrity stuff and get to the emulating stuff. And the only way you can do that is with someone who is who is transparent, who is faithful, who is knowable. So would you say if there's someone listening and they're part of Arcade Church or another local fellowship that it would be wise to maybe look around, see someone who seems like they're following Jesus and maybe call them, ask them out for coffee, ask if you can... You know, if you're a young mom and this other mom is a few years ahead of you, hey, can I come hang out and see how you... Mm -hmm live life or, uh, you know, two guy, you, there's a guy, hey, can you want to go hit golf balls together? Or, yeah. I don't know, whatever guys like to do. But I mean, there's there's something about knowing someone that's following Jesus yeah. versus watching someone on the screen. Which I think is an advantage that we have here at Arcade mm-hmm. is when I think, of, you know, we could list off a bunch of names that we're mm-hmm. not going to do, but I think of the men and women who are older than me in our right, fellowship. Right, And I, I, know, I know the heartache that they've experienced in life. Yes. And, and they are remaining faithful, and they have a smile on their face, and it's legit. Yep. It's legitimate smile on their face because the joy of Jesus mm-hmm. amidst the pain, amidst the grief, those are the people that I need to come alongside mm-hmm. and learn from. Yep. Because they 
they've handled that. They've mm-hmm. suffered. They've grieved. They've had the pain. They've experienced the pain. And they've come out on the other side because God is faithful. Yeah. And we at Arcade Church, we have that advantage. Yep. That's one of the reasons why after COVID, mm-hmm. we remained at one service. Yep. Technically, all the books say we should probably go to two services, but we don't want to because all of a sudden we're going to have a young service and an older right, service. Right. And I love having the generations yeah. mixed. It's yeah. just really a healthy atmosphere. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, so what do you think has contributed to the fall of celebrity pastors? And then how can we avoid it? Well, I think the number one, not the number one in priority, but the number one thing I want to talk about is I see a rise in churches that have video venues. Mm-hmm. They, they've got, there, there's this one incredible communicator. Right. And so they just put his, probably his face right. on a bunch of videos throughout the region uh, I think of Andy Stanley, who is an incredible communicator. So like a satellite church. A satellite church with video venues. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why, is because that, that face that's teaching the Bible is not a knowable face. Right. You're just not... You go to North Point in Georgia, the odds are you're never going to meet Andy Stanley. Right. You're not going to know... You're not going to know his sins. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know his strengths, his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're going to know is what he wants you to know on the platform. That's not his fault. Right. But I, and I've heard this from other people with video venues, because we have some churches in, mm-hmm. our, in our region, mm-hmm. in our area, a part of our fellowship that have video venues. And, and I've asked, what would happen if Pastor So-and-so, who is an incredible communicator, would just speak to his fellowship on his campus. Right. Oh man, we wouldn't have the viable church that we have. And my response to this, well, then maybe maybe your church isn't supposed to be viable. Right. Because it becomes about the past. It becomes the... about that face, right. that talking mm-hmm. head. And that's why we work very, very hard, even though we're a larger church, we work very, very hard to to be available to the mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. especially during our gatherings, right. is that you know one of the, one of the laws, the the rules that yep. we have is we don't believe in green rooms. Right. And if you don't know what a green room is, a green room is when all of the people on the platform meet together and they hang out, eat donuts, and drink coffee before the service starts. Away from the little people. Oh, oh away from the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris's philosophy, and I agree with it, is we don't have a green room because. If you want to prepare for worship, go out there and find out how to pray for people and greet people and meet people and love people and care for them. That is how you prepare your heart for worship Uh, because we do not want to be that kind of a church where you're never knowable, you're never approachable, or I'm never knowable or never approachable. We don't want to be that. Right. Well, also, if if you only see someone on a screen, whether it is like a video venue type of thing, but also... You know, everyone's an Instagram influencer now, right? right? Yeah. Um, or TikTok or whatever. Um, that's a very controlled persona. Yeah. Right. It's curated. I it's curate careful. what I want you to see of me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so then it's easy to become enamored with that person. Yeah. Because they're very likable, because they're always in a good mood and they they talk so nicely and they never have, yeah. you know, a bad day or whatever. You see them at their best. Right. And rather than knowing people on a personal level, right? Um that person who 
who has an idea of who you are um, because you're in each other's lives, mm-hmm. right? They come to the emergency room or you go to their kid's t-ball game or, um, you know, you know they've had a rough week and you're like, hey, I'm sending dinner. Where do you want it from? You send mm-hmm. them a text or whatever. Um that's the kind of leader I want to be. I yeah. don't want people to have this false idea of who I am. I want them to know, you know what? Sometimes I have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I might pop off and have a sh- I don't want people to know that because I don't want to be that. Right. But sometimes I have a bad day and I can be rude or I can be a jerk. And then I'm going to say, I'm so sorry. I was a jerk to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be real. Yeah. And I want you to like me because I'm... I'm a dork or I'm extra or, you know. Let the record reflect <laughs> that Beth Whitney called herself a dork. Okay. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. I think that that it's important to know each yeah. other. And you can't know someone based on a video. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Okay. What, what else do you think? What's contributed to the fall of celebrity? Uh, well, I've, I've got, you know... There are there is a plethora of book deals by people who can preach but they can't write. Did someone pay you to say plethora? It's a word. I know, but it's like a good one. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded really weird. Gosh, Craig, you don't usually you use such good words. You talk good. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean there is. I mean, a, a, a speaker, a communicator gets well known because they speak well. They're an excellent communicator. And all of a sudden, they get a following, they get a platform, they get a book deal, and people buy their books, and that just mm-hmm. creates that that creates that sense of oh, celebrity. And then there's a cycle of oh, I have to have a platform so I can get a book deal, mm-hmm. but then I have to have my platform to sell my books, and I have to keep my platform so I can get another book deal. Yeah, and it just becomes all about a, a rule of thumb that an older pastor taught me when I, before I even went in the ministry. He said, Craig, make sure, and this is before all the the book deals, the plethora Plethora. of book deals came out. (laughs) He said this, make sure that whatever theologian or writer that you read, that is their first book they ever publish, because that's the one that's special to them. It's on their heart. They don't have a book deal. They don't have any pressure from the publisher, because what happens is... That first book mm-hmm. is something they is precious to them, and then they have to start cranking them out. And then they got to start cranking them out. Oh yeah. wow! Which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not sure that some of the authors I've read that rings true. Mm-hmm. There are some authors the first book was amazing. After that, yeah, not so much. Um, I can't think of one right yeah. now. I'd, I'd say it, but uh, I think that that's the case with a lot of these guys. Is it just just keep preaching mm-hmm. the word? Don't write. Yeah. Or just write and don't preach. Right. You know, one of the two. Curate your craft, whatever your craft yeah, is, yeah. be good at that one thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And then last, we have a huge rise in narcissistic preachers. Yeah. Our friend, mm-hmm. our common friend, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Lane. He, the almost doctor, Josh Lane. He is. He is. Oh. He is me. doctor. Yay, Josh. Josh, Josh if you're listening, we're proud of you. Yeah. And who cares? Nobody. We care. No, Josh is a. a he was on. He was on Brick by Brick. First season. Yeah. yeah. He, and we'll have him again because he, he his dissertation was on narcissism in the pulpit. Yes, he's a smart guy. He is a very smart guy. I mean, I guess you never heard it from me though. Now Josh is a, a faithful friend, a fellow pastor uh, in Natomas. Yeah, or, North Side. North Side. Yeah, and um, he wrote his dissertation on that. And so I've I've had some conversation with him. We should have him on just to talk about yeah. that. But one thing for me is 
and this is this is probably I'm I'm at that age where I'm a crotchety preacher, and I've been around, and I can get kind of grumpy when it comes to this kind of no. stuff. But that's why we need to have Josh on one of these days and just talk about narcissism, because he's just an effective communicator, yep. humble guy, yep. faithful friend, and uh, and he writes well too. And he preaches. See, he's see, he's, he's on the verge of being hmm. a celebrity pastor. Josh. What we can do is we can have him on uh-huh. before he's somebody. Yes. And just hey, call him. Hey, Josh, can you come on because you're a nobody <laughs> who's about to become a somebody? We see big things in your future. That's right. We yeah. want you before right. you get there, before yeah. you start charging to show up. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's about it for celebrity yeah. pastors. So we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we got a question. Mm-hmm. Sent to our email, behold, at arcadechurch.com. So if you have any questions... Which we're very grateful for. Yep. Send questions our way. But Mm -hmm. this question was in regards to our podcast about male and female leadership. So it is from Emily. Let me read what she has to say. I grew up in a very conservative church, and I have been studying and reading these last few years to determine what the Bible actually says about women and men in the church. Me too, Emily. I really enjoyed hearing this episode. Thank you for your hard work. I had a question about one of the points you made. At minute 3530, you all mentioned this is a creation thing. You made the argument that 1 Timothy 2.14 is saying that Eve messed up because she did not stay under the authority of her husband, Adam, like she should have. She took over authority and ate the fruit. But as I read as I read the creation accounts in both Genesis 1 and 2, I don't read that God gives Adam authority over Eve. In the perfect garden state, the commands were given to both Adam and Eve. Adam was never put over Eve. So I'm curious, where in the creation account is Adam given authority over Eve? Let me hand this off to you, Pastor Craig, Dr. Hardinger. Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, Emily, if you're listening, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to uh, ask the question and articulate it. It's an excellent question. And I would just... I, I did not go back to our, our episode to listen to what we actually said on that, uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that I did say that the, the sin of Eve that Paul mentions in 1 Timothy 2, um, the options were is that her sin was, uh, or that she was created second after Adam, uh, all that, is that she did, she stepped out from under her authority from her husband, and from under God as well. And I mentioned uh, the authority of her husband because I would contend that it does state that, that Eve was under the authority of Adam. Um, it, because Adam was created first, as Paul states in 1 Timothy 2. Also, Adam named Eve, which is a sign of authority. Uh, he named the animals, he named Eve and called her woman or Eve. And then also... Um, I forgot the the third one. You um, have that her role was to be oh, that of helper. They'd be a helper, yeah. And and the word their helper is not servant. The the helper is basically to to fill in the blanks that Adam had because because he could not do everything. She was assigned the role of helper to Adam. Adam was not given that role. Eve was given that role. And so those are those are signs of authority that when you name something, you have authority over it. When you are first and something is second, there's authority over that. When they're given the role of helper, that is an assignment that Adam did not have. And so in that sense, I would contend that that Adam did have authority over her. Uh, but, and this is this is where we get into the word authority, because mm-hmm. in our culture today, 
the word authority is anathema. It is, it's a swear word. Yeah. It's a four-letter word. Because first of all, we're Americans. And secondly, because of what we just got through talking yes. about, Beth, mm-hmm. is the abuse of authority. Right. And that's why I think it's very, very important that we we go to Jesus because Jesus does not redefine that role that Adam and Eve had. Right. He doesn't clarify that in the gospel. He say, hey, listen, you guys, hey, that thing about Adam and Eve, this is what I really meant mm-hmm. by that. He doesn't do that um, with that. The problem is with our current view of authority, we are convinced that it's top-down power-taking. That someone's the boss. That someone's the boss, and their job is to get the power and to keep the mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what happened in the Bill Gothard movement Yeah, with so many of these, can I just say, idiot husbands that they think, I've got the power because I'm the head of the household, I'm the head over the wife, mm-hmm. and so I've got to have the power and I've got to keep the power. Sounds like a fun guy to be married yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> and so the wife's job is to empower the husband. Right. That's not what scripture mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. That's not the scripture view of authority. Authority is not top-down power taking, it's bottom-up power giving. Right. And that's what we see constantly throughout Scripture. We see that in the God of the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. when God is saying, I am faithful, I am steadfast in my love for you. God is a serving God, even in the Old Testament. And how powerful is that? But then it's also demonstrated by Jesus, Mm -hmm. is this bottom-up power giving. Yeah. I mean, he's giving power back to the blind. He's giving power back to the lame, to the leper. I think of the woman who is bleeding for 12 years, mm-hmm. and she just touches his, his, his string, his, cable, uh, uh, his lanyard on his waist that made him a rabbi, and she is healed of that. And so she is empowered, and that was the, the, the mark of Jesus, mm-hmm. not this top-down crap that we see in the world that was propagated by Gothard, right, uh, which has done so much damage, yeah. abusive damage yes. within the church, um, and definitely uh, part of that. Mm-hmm. I think of you know Mark ten when Jesus said, "The Son of Man didn't come to be served, mm-hmm. but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many." Yeah. What was the last act that Jesus did in John thirteen, right before He's arrested? He washes wash, yeah. the disciples' feet. He Even wa- Judas. <laughs> he washed Judas's feet. He washed Peter's feet. Bottom up, power giving. We see that continually. Yeah. We see it played out in the in within the uh, the disciples. Mm-hmm. I mean, they never did get it. No. I mean, James and John. Hey, listen, you know, their mom. Hey, when Jesus, when you come to your kingdom, you think one of my moms boys, are so embarrassing. I know. <laughs> One of my the first helicopter mom yes. before there's a helicopter. <laughs> do you think do you think maybe James can be on one side and John the other side? You guys, you, and then and then there's one time when Jesus just gets you talking in the Gospel of John. He yes. just gets you talking about, hey, I'm going to be going to Jerusalem and dying. Yeah. And the very next episode, the guys are discussing about who's going to be number one in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, hello. I mean, I mean, Jesus had to be just shaking his head. What is going on yeah. with these guys? But by God's grace, they finally understood. They yeah. finally got what that meant. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's why in Philippians chapter 2, when Paul is talking about 
considering others more important than yeah, do yourself. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish. Ooh, what if those those guys we mentioned did nothing out of selfish? Yeah. Like just start there. Well, think about these husbands who abuse their wives. What would happen if you if you did nothing out of selfish ambition? If you did nothing to garner power for yourself, yeah. what would that do your household? That would empower husbands. Our role is to sacrifice for our wives and empower them, not to suck power from them. And how how transformed would our homes be? Mm-hmm. If we just did that, and so well, go and ahead. then and then the wife. I mean, can you imagine this kind of marriage where there's this mutual mutual whatever where I'm trying to say mutuality? Thank you. Yeah, where you know you're trying. It's a power struggle, but it's a reverse power struggle, yeah. right? It's no, no, you have it. No, no, you have it. No, yeah. no, you have it. And you're always trying, like you did reverse checkers at my daughter's wedding. Like yeah. you're trying to get the other person to win. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? What a beautiful display of the gospel. If if we as husbands were to take that view of authority on, there would be no more conversation about authority. Right. There would just be reciprocity. Yep. I say that right? Re- reciprocity. Reciprocity. Look, at we're both helping each other yeah, with big it's, words. It's been a long episode. <laughs> it has. <laughs> but there would be no talk about submission. There would mm-hmm. be no talk about authority because both husbands and wives mm-hmm. and, and leaders within the church... Yes are seeking to serve the other. They're yeah. not seeking to garner authority and to keep it. Right. Which has happened so often with our view of authority. Yeah. So Emily, I I, I hope that that clears that up, yeah. if, if anything. If you have more questions, please don't hesitate to email in. And anybody else that yep. has questions, yeah. uh, behold at arcadechurch. Yeah, it was fun thinking com. through this, yeah. this question. Yeah. Um, now... Let's behold. I feel yeah. like we've been doing I know it. like little snippets of it. Yeah. Uh, the whole day, but you know we've. This we, hasn't been a fun episode it's either. Been a little. I mean, a especially the first here. part of yeah. it. It's just you know it's it, kind of icky. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Um. But you know what? We have our eyes on Jesus. Do you know? Okay. Time out. Okay. Uh, the Oklahoma women's softball team. Have you seen any videos of them? There's a bunch no, of believers uh-uh. on their team. I haven't. They've like haven't lost a game in two years or something. Oh my so goodness! The, wow. The champions again, again, and there's this amazing video. They get asked a question about like, how do you guys have so much joy? And these three girls are talking about, well, happiness is fleeting, but joy is found in Jesus. And and when we oh, point, they're saying that in they end up, like on ESPN, they're pointing to their eyes and they're pointing up to heaven. When we do this, we're talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. And these these young women are just they're taking this That's cool. fame. Because they are, they're doing yeah. amazing things, and they're like, it's about Jesus. Joy is found in Jesus. Everything we have is Jesus, Jesus. And I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. That's very cool. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll try and find it and share it on Instagram if you follow me so people yeah. can see it. Um, but when when we have our eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. when we are following Jesus, and then others see us and maybe emulate us as we are following Jesus, um, it changes everything. It does. It I, changes everything. Everything. Imagine your home. Imagine your workplace. Imagine your children. Imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you aren't at Arcade and you're at a, you're a pastor at a church and you're, maybe you've found yourself in a bit of a power grab recently. Mm-hmm. Let go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I read this passage? Please. Okay. Yeah. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus 
who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Hmm. And we all said, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Absolutely. And it's all, it all goes back to he emptied himself. Yeah. That is authority. Authority is emptying yourself for the sake of others to empower them. Yeah. And how powerful and how different would our churches and our homes be, like you were saying earlier, yeah. Beth, if, if we were just simply to say, Lord, make me that. Yes. Make me one who empties himself for the sake of others, so that yeah. I can fill others um, and empower them. How wonderful would that would be? That would be so cool. Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. if you're you, listening... You first. Oh, uh, all right. You know I love a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah, Don. <laughs> I'm going to be Jesus better than you are. Oh, no, no way, no. man. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, this has been quite the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Be sure to share, uh, like, comment, subscribe, do all the things, um, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening. Um, get the word out. We love doing this podcast and hope you love listening. And again, if you have questions, send them to us, behold at rkchurch.com. Until next time, see you, Craig. See you, Beth. See you, Beth.